Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. And today we're happy to welcome our next guest to discuss today's topic, which is taking your business virtual in 2021. This week's guest is the VP of Marketing at Smith.ai, a virtual receptionist company focused on helping small businesses excel and outperform. Say hello to Maddie Martin. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm great. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Now, before we dive into today's topic, let's first hear your backstory and what ultimately led you to do what you're doing now. Well, uh, I was at startups for, uh, I guess, the past 12 years or so. Um, And I started out a food startup called Food 52, where I put some of my, uh, you know, marketing and econ major work uh, to work for them. And they were a home cooking community that really was born out of the idea that the best recipes come from home cooks and how can we celebrate and build community around them. And I was responsible for some recipe testing and then for um, bringing to light some highlights of the cooking community. Uh, later on, working on the Whole Foods Market Partnership that Food52 had established to bring more cooking resources and education to their um you know, sort of a customer base and community and led all partnerships actually there as a result of that successful Whole Foods Market Partnership really focused on SEO, content syndication, working with Huffington Post, Yahoo Food, Lifehacker, et cetera, to get our Food 52 content out into a much wider audience. Uh, From there, I went to Your Mechanic, where I was the first uh, marketing director and marketing hire at all, um, and really built that company, which was based in Silicon Valley at one TechCrunch Disrupt. Um, They were basically the Uber for car repair, so bringing mechanics to your home or office. And we did everything from advertising to affiliates to sponsorships and radio and content, uh, really at a very high scale beyond anything I did at Food52. We produced about 20,000 pieces of content in less than two years. So it took a massive team to build out a huge repository of very common Q&A, detailed answers from master mechanics on common car maintenance uh, and repair uh, topics. So that really um, honed my skills in, in creating efficiency in a marketing team and specialization almost to the point that it was like, you know, a Ford assembly line. And uh, that really had to be the case. And I, I worked very closely with the engineering team to make sure that we had 
the the systems in place to execute on those workflows that the you know staff was was uh, using to create content. So that was a really formative time for me. Back in Food 52, I had done an SEO audit and I understood sort of the engineering aspect there. But in the actual operations and execution of marketing, uh, you know, content production, that's where I worked again with the engineering team very closely, um, which is a huge benefit of being in a tech startup to have access to, to teams like that in a marketing role. Um, and then uh, after several years there, and several funding rounds, the company was doing extremely well. Um, I moved back to Buffalo, New York, where I'm from, and uh, at the same time had taken a new role uh, at Smith AI. And I was really passionate about, you know, sort of these core elements of your life, whether it's food, whether it's sort of your, your vehicle and transportation, or whether it is your, your phone and communication. And this was just another area for me to touch on in my marketing work. Um, to make sure I was building a really robust skill set and my expertise and working with you know, businesses so that they could get the communication solutions they need to reduce uh, interruptions, increase productivity, and improve profitability by really carefully delegating to quality teams who can handle anything from calls and chats to intake and lead screening, uh, outbound calls and text messages to Facebook messages for them so they can focus on what they need to execute on that day in running their business, in delivering services, um, in, in shipping goods, et cetera. Is Smith AI, your new current company, is that based out of Buffalo as well? No, they're actually born out of California. They had a headquarters in California for quite a while until COVID last year. And we finally decided, wow, we have the vast majority already of our team working remotely, uh, distributed across North America, uh, and actually an engineering team in Spain, uh, a designer in the Ukraine, um, and the receptionists and live chat agents all across the U.S. and Canada and Mexico. So we really didn't need a home office anymore. And uh, uh, I'm here just uh, on my lonesome in Buffalo, but we've got uh, leadership all over the country. Now, speaking of Smith AI, in there, you guys specialize as a virtual receptionist. I'm a little confused. What is the difference between a virtual receptionist in a virtual call center, or, or is there a difference? Well, um, I think there's a difference in both execution and also expectation. Um, so when you think about a virtual call center, it's possible there are some models like that where it's really uh, script driven. It might be support or technical teams who can walk you through, you know, restarting your computer, maybe something like that. Um, it might be the case that we think of the time when maybe 15 years ago I had a Dell computer and I need to call support and I was quite sure that that person was, you know, not uh domestically based. And, and I think we're, we're used to this concept of a call center, but what we're not as used to that I hope, you know, is increasingly comfortable for business owners and individuals is the idea that there is a virtual receptionist service that has people working from quiet home offices, not from scripts, but from a system that gives them the information that they need to sound just like in-house at a business. And that's really where the distinction um, surfaces. A call center is very much like 
uh, routine and scripted and standardized to the point of like no personality, um, no sort of touchy feeliness that a small business owner wants out of their client and, and communication experience. So if we're going to sound like we're in-house at a small business or even medium enterprise, a you know, SaaS or startup company, you know, that call center is so immediately detectable that that's where I think a lot of the um, sort of subpar experiences and, and expectations arise when you hear that term. Now, receptionist is much more individualized and personalized, and that's really what we lean into with the receptionist we hire they already come to us with the skill set they need to be an exceptional receptionist. And then they're just trained on using our system to deliver those services to our clients. Um, and any one of them at any time could take a call for any one of our clients. So they're not dedicated. Um, oh, okay. they, are, they are available to any client so that, you know, we, we have a, a, the ability to answer basically all the calls that are coming in Um with dedicated teams, often what you find is there is a sick day, there's a maternity leave or a vacation, and that team that you thought was dedicated that was, you know, so good ends up being a huge gap to fill and, and hurry to train up when there's not sufficient capacity. So um, we do like that distributed model, that sort of broad team availability that maybe a call center would, would call to mind. But the receptionist service that's remote really allows you to have that individualized in-house experience um, where it feels really like you're talking to someone who is in the business, not contracted by the business. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Now, hiring virtually, especially now we're getting uh, past COVID, but it seems to be a great way to leverage your time as a small business. I think you touched on it a little bit, but... One of the biggest concerns I would have or, or think business owners would have is to ensure that you aren't losing that service, that personal touch. Totally. How many, is it a certain amount of virtual receptionists per calls? I mean, how many people are trained to answer the phone that are able to, to go off script and to, to mm -hmm. offer that kind of personal service? Well, so yeah, I should clarify that. Um, you know, it's it's still guideline based, but it's not scripted. And it's funny to say it, but there's a huge difference. So the receptionists are going to use our system and they see how to handle a certain type of call. If the court is calling to alert an attorney that their client's not there at the courthouse yet, or something, you know, has been moved to a new date or if it's a new potential lead or buyer for a product, if it's a new partner or affiliate or vendor who you've hired to work with you, all of these different calls, including ones from existing clients who are, you know, calling to check in or whatever, maybe even, you know, someone's mother calls, you want to have a protocol for handling those. So it is uh, driven by those guidelines and a lot of information is provided, but you have the, the feel that it is someone in-house because they're not literally reading from the screen. 
they are looking, referencing, understanding, and then translating it into a natural conversation flow. And I think that's really where the distinction is. Um, but with remote teams and with hiring being so difficult, I think the thing that I would highlight there is that we're able to draw upon the best receptionists across North America who speak English and Spanish. Um, at the present time, we may expand into other languages, but it is to our advantage and to our clients' advantage uh, and to you know, the advantage of economies of resources to have a remote team to get access to the best talent through Smith AI, because we find for small businesses, if you're based in a, an urban area, labor is extremely competitive and expensive and often uh, out of reach for small business owners. But if you're in a rural area, you know, conversely, you've got uh, a labor shortage. And the issue is, you know, how do you find the right talent, no matter what you're willing to pay for them? Mm -hmm. No, you've, you've definitely hit on a lot of advantages. Do you, do you see any disadvantages to using a virtual, I, I don't even know if we call it virtual, virtual, yeah, virtual receptionist, <laughs> virtual, virtual answering service. Yeah. yeah. So, somebody who's not in your office. Do you, is there right. any dis disadvantages to it? I mean, how quickly sure. can you get information to them? How, I guess, the, can they transfer the phone? How, how does oh, all yeah. that work? <laughs> yep, you know, they definitely can. So I'll go through a couple points. Um, first of all, that I will say, like, we have never told a client or potential client, like, you know, you should fire your receptionists, remote receptionists are, are, you know, the cats, meow, they're better than whatever you could possibly have in house. That's just not the case. And I think we all know that in our core, and I'm not going to sell that because I don't believe it myself, right? But what we know is that for those who can't afford an in-house person or those who need 24-7 after hours overflow coverage, it is absolutely critical to not miss any inbound demand or inbound client request or call, call from a partner, someone who's a stakeholder, someone who's relying on you. You don't want to miss a single call. And these days, the office hours are sort of out the window because people are either working more from home, they're taking care of children, their hours are whenever they have a free time to contact the business or the product or service provider, that's when they're going to call. Maybe it's the weekend, maybe it's 9 p.m. when the kids are asleep. So what I would say is in-house, absolutely, you have the benefit of, you know, closer proximity and training. And, you know, we see people hiring in-house, not necessarily even in the same office, but I'm considering a salaried or, or hourly dedicated hire where, wherever they may be, right? In, in comparison to our virtual receptionist or any virtual receptionist service. Now, where you start getting closer and closer to a comparison is not with a call center that's remote, that's just going to maybe answer and take a message, perhaps transfer, but limited utility after that, right? Where you get real benefit and closer to the approximation of an in-house service is where you can do intake forms, where you can screen leads, are they a good fit, where you can take custom orders and you can complete an order form, or you can take a payment from someone over the phone, um, where you can make outbound calls for a campaign of leads who are expecting to hear from you and eager to learn more about your services. So those are things that get closer to what someone in-house might do as a, a sales, sales team member, as an intake uh, or onboarding specialist. Um, 
maybe even closer to a, you know, customer support. But when it comes to very technical services uh, and then things that are, you know, local or product or manufacturing driven, you know, if you have someone to, you know, doing a roofing and you have a technician to do an assessment or the person who is the receptionist in-house needs to be able to look and count materials in the back and in inventory, obviously you need someone, um, you know, there on site and that's not, visibility that a, a virtual receptionist could have. But the the after hours, the overflow and the mm-hmm. multi-channel handling is is really critical. I mean, the last point that I'll make is if you have someone who is in-house as a receptionist who may never even have to uh, handle walk-ins or things like that, um, you know, there are a couple of things to consider. One is, you know, are they utilizing their time fully or are they just sort of there waiting for work to, you know, get on their plate? The other thing is obviously the, the hours that they work. And then the third thing is the management uh, burden on the owner or, you know, director level person who oversees their work and how much time does that consume? Um, and what's the opportunity cost of them spending their time doing that versus something else? And then I think we get a better idea of, the times where that's extremely valuable, um, where they have technical skills and expertise in the case of a paralegal or a technician um, or someone who's literally, you know, doing the service or, or making a product. Um, and then on the receptionist side, virtually, you know, what are all the things that can be handed off, perhaps even to the in-house team's efficiency. So we often work with uh, businesses where we are the virtual receptionist and we will transfer calls to maybe an in-house uh, assistant or office manager or paralegal or um, a, a sales associate who takes over that conversation but didn't get that call that was spam or an unqualified lead or mm-hmm. someone who's out of the service area or in, it doesn't have the purchasing power to buy, et cetera. So a lot of it is just being the lead blocker or gatekeeper. Um, and then obviously making sure that for those who are qualified leads, they have a wonderful client experience from start to finish. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, you made a, a, a lot of, of great advantages, including the opportunity cost and what you do there. Now, I'm sure you guys have boarded quite a few companies, and maybe some of those have even come from come from other virtual, remote, not going to call receptionists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you think that most companies get it wrong when looking to incorporate a, a remote receptionist into their business? Oh, that's so interesting. Um, well, I think there are a couple ways that that they might not get the guidance that they need. You know, the the question, the way that you phrase it is so interesting, Andy, because I think that if a client feels like they got it wrong or the burden was on them to figure it out, there's something wrong there to begin with. You know, anytime you're working with, um, you know, outsourcing or staffing or contracting, like that contractor, that outsourced resource should be the expert, right? So if you're ever in a situation, if you're listening to this thinking, you know, yeah, I, I didn't feel like I could figure it out it didn't work for me. I couldn't determine how to best, you know, fit that into my business. You know, that is a problem with the company that you talk to because 
they should be guiding you to figure that out. And, and if it cannot be figured out, that should probably be something that's discovered early on in the conversations. You know, like it's extremely complex or maybe you wanted Smith AI to do, you know, technical support for, um, you know, some, some computer troubleshooting. Well, we would say that's out of the scope of our services. But if you are looking within reason for answering and simple FAQ, maybe appointment scheduling uh, based on a few criteria to make sure that the prospect or lead is a good fit. Those are simple things that any good receptionist service should do. And they should be following your you know, customized, unique business needs and aligned to your business goals. So if that's not part of the conversation early, understanding the budget and does that make sense for those calls that are going to be handled? Are those, you know, profitable or meaningful calls uh, that are worth handling in this way with that personalized touch and great client experience, then, then you're right off the bat set up to succeed because the most important thing is to accurately and promptly, you know, get in touch with the people who are seeking to speak with you. And, and a couple of the pitfalls are improper uh, guidance on the, you know, onboarding process. How are you getting your account set up? Have you been asked about, you know, your needs and goals pretty thoroughly, to be honest, I think our onboarding form, not to scare anyone has, you know, a couple dozen, if not, you know, three dozen questions. Um, And that's because, if you're not going to hire someone, we still need to ask, you know, a lot of questions to handle the scenarios we know we will encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that is in your best interest and in ours and making those conversations worthwhile at all. Right. Um, so so that's sort of where I stand there, you know. If you feel like it wasn't successful, it may be that the capacity was lacking. And sometimes from the company side with these answering services, they lack the ability to fulfill the promises that might be on their website. And an example of that that comes to mind is calendaring solutions are a dime a dozen these days. There's so many great solutions and a receptionist service should be able to use pretty much any of them that have a, a link to follow, right? And, and we have said very clearly, we can use pretty much any you know, online appointment scheduling system that, that you are already using. Now, some have chosen to say you can only use Calendly or you can only use you know, one of these services that we approve. That, that really doesn't make sense to me. You know, why is it your role to tell potential clients you know, what they're restricted to that's the sort of thing that when you pull on that string, you might find other limitations that that other companies won't present to you. Now, for your clients, is it a monthly charge? Is it a, a per minute charge? Um, how, how does that look? So it's a monthly charge with a per call uh, quota that you can go okay, over. So- Mm-hmm. So I, oh, so it's per call. It's per call, not per minute. And and okay. the reason we do that is twofold. One, we block spam and sales and wrong number calls for free. Um, so having it per call makes it very easy to see how many calls we saved you and didn't charge you for. And then also we 
we have an alignment of sort of goals and expectations with our clients uh, that's different from those that charge per minute. So we've heard plenty of other answering services like, you know, ask Andy, you know, could you please spell your last name? And can you spell it one more time for me? And now yep, it's an extra. Yep, 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 yep. You know, you were going to, you got right into my horrible experience back when I um, was charge of marketing for an e-commerce company years ago. We, we went to a outsourced, I'm, I'm going to call them a call center, but mm. it was a charge per minute. And listening to those calls was almost like having my fingernails removed. <laughs> they, <laughs> they went, they went on and on. And it. I, I listened one time to an order for a $5 product that took 30 minutes to get it Ooh. in. And you've and, lost money there, right? And because lost, you we, it, it cost three times on that initial order. So yeah, exactly. no, that def, definitely should be something to look out on. Hey, um, how, how has your industry been changed from the COVID pandemic? Are you guys just going crazy now? Were you going crazy before? How, how's that going? You know, the what's really, there are two things that I'll highlight here. So first of all, many virtual receptionist services might work virtually for their clients, but actually had call center offices. So when COVID hit and all of those call centers that offer virtual services actually couldn't get their virtual receptionists into their home office, um, we were in a position where we were already operating completely remotely with quiet home offices for every single one of our receptionists and chat agents and, and onboarding team members and managers, et cetera. So our entire team, our support team, our frontline teams, they were already set up to succeed. Now, of course, you know, some of them had childcare concerns that they had to take care of now when typically the kids would be in childcare during the day. But um, we were in a better position and enviable enviable position, honestly. And then we were able to take on more clients because we didn't have to look after ourselves and our survival first, right? We already had that taken care of as a remote workforce. So that was one benefit. We've seen a huge surge in demand. And then what we've also seen is a second wave of a surge in demand where all of these business clients who actually came on and uh, started their services with Smith AI in 2020, Around January, we saw all of the consumers, whether it's business or individual consumers of those business clients of ours, come back online wanting to spend. So they're sort of like the net new number of clients was at a faster pace. And then also their customer base wanted to spend money at a faster pace starting this year. So the call volume, you know, has uh, increased significantly beyond sort of our expectations. And, and every answering service is sort of experiencing that right now. But what helps is that there is a huge rise in interest in website chat, in texting businesses, in the comfort level there, and understanding that most of the time Facebook Messenger can be a channel that's effective to mm -hmm. message business. And as a result, we see um, there being a, a reliance on sort of omni-channel communications, which thankfully, you know, years ago we added website chat and and being able to answer those chats in addition to calls, in addition to texts, in addition to Facebook messages has allowed us to say, look, you know, if your call volume is really intense, we see a lot of uh, leads looking to chat in that can reduce your call volume. It can increase net new leads who wouldn't otherwise even call or fill out a form. They want to chat. 
And what we've seen is like, also Facebook has become a big search engine and a, a big, you know, area of time spent to get to know recommendations for businesses. So that message is happening on Facebook instead of someone, you know, going to someone's business website and maybe sending an email or filling a form or a chat because you can do everything within that platform. So I think, um, you know, as businesses look at, you know, upgrading their social profiles, updating their Google My Business page and things like that, they also want to really be mindful of like, you know, where are people referring and recommending your business as like one of the main sources of great quality clients and customers always, you know, Facebook is a recommendation engine to a large degree now. So being able to answer across all of those channels has been a huge advantage for us. Yeah, you know, you you really brought what I wanted to talk to you next was I, I see you do have a, an AI chat service is that a separate service? Do they work together? And is that all AI, all artificial intelligence, or do the virtual receptionists answer those as well? So the AI actually works hand in hand with both our, you know, virtual phone receptionists and also our chat agents and also on its own. So what the AI does is it drives efficiency on a call or in a chat that's live staffed. And then it can also handle sort of the sequence of a conversation, going to each next step question or comment, validating, you know, that information has been captured and received, um, you know, prompting, scheduling an appointment, et cetera, through chat. So on the, on the phone side, it's really like live agents backed by AI. And on the chat side, it's really like, AI with humans in the loop or standing on its own as just a chat bot. And the chat bot actually is available for free um, with unlimited chats with a fairly like, you know, limited feature set. Um, but then you can add on sort of unlimited knowledge based questions and answers playbooks, which are basically sequenced conversations for maybe a lead or a client or a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those tools are then baked into the live staff chat uh, solution, which is really leveraging both. You know, you want the, the receptionists and the chat agents to be fast and personable, but you also want them to be accurate. Uh-huh. So, you know, I think that the, the main thing that AI delivers is accuracy and speed um, of like those most common replies, especially in chat where you want that live chat agent to be present and thinking about what does this person need? What situation are they in? How can I solve their problem or address this opportunity for sales the best way possible instead of, man, let me look up what's the right answer to that. And then you're just there to deliver the answer. You know, we really think about it as like, are you delivering a human touch? Because that's what our clients are paying for. Sure. And you had mentioned the Facebook chat as well. How is what you guys are doing different than like a mini chat? Well, there are definitely, you know, competitors and, and, you know, other services with some comparable features. Um, Many chat and other services like that. I mean, if you go on Captera or any of these software comparison sites, you can probably find a lot of different chat bot, uh, chat platform examples. What I find is that 
most of the solutions out there are either bots that you get to program yourself, yay, um, or ones that you get to staff yourself, great. <laughs> so it's like, do you want to spend your time answering chats? Um, do you want to have Slack messages coming to you from you know chats? Do you want to have you know, Facebook Messenger open all the time so that you can answer? Do you want to train a bot? You know, the answer to all of these is probably not. Um, what, what you get with Smith AI is really interesting. We don't call ourselves like consultants or anything, but when you sign up for a chat service, you don't just get the live chat. You also get the white glove onboarding. You get the build out of your account and you get the peace of mind that like someone is looking after all of those messages for you and making sure that it's like the optimal workflow. Most of the other providers are going to be either part of a huge software company that you know your account manager might send you a help doc or initially there's an onboarding, but it's not that robust, or you've got to DIY it. And we're really at the price almost of like a DIY sometimes cheaper, but with the service of a really top class, you know, software SaaS company. And does your chat, does it integrate with all different website platforms or are there any restrictions? It does. Okay. So yeah, what's really interesting is that that chat platform is actually the one that the, the, the chat agents use to answer any inbound message at all. So if it's Facebook, if it's text, if it's a website chat, if it's on, um, uh, let's say, um, what's it, Thinkific, or like some of those coaching platforms, right? Like you might be watching a video or going through an online course. You can have chat on any website, even if it is within a so-called web app or platform. Like that to me is really interesting um, to be able to run an online course that someone has paid for and then to mm-hmm. use chat for upsells or Q&A or, or messages throughout that program. It's not just for websites anymore. It's also for these course creator platforms. Oh, that's great. Now, most of my listeners are, are e-commerce. I was going to say Shopify, right? I mean, it works uh, on Shopify that's, too. That's, that's the monster right now. That's <laughs> the monster. So yeah. do, do you have any success stories specifically to e-commerce of somebody who's, who's used your guy's service? Yeah, actually, so there's a a number of success stories, and they're not all the most traditional ones, um, but we have a lot of sort of, you know, product as a service, service as a product, services, you know, software as a service, all those things are sort of sellable through online carts these days, right? So the idea that something is a product, okay, is it shipped? Well, is it a physical good? Does it need to fit? There might be some Q&A, some FAQ that we need to understand around sizing charts or things that are different than uh, HVAC services, uh, service area locally, right? But when it comes to, you know, what is the, uh, you know, estimated shipping time or charge, a lot of those things are lookup fields that our receptionists could have access to. Um, when it comes to product inventory, that could be something that the receptionist could browse through uh, just with a little bit of training and expertise that goes beyond what the normal consumer might might have uh, as their own sort of expertise of your product. So a couple examples, um, there are like uh, companies that sell uh, wellness items uh, that they often have consumers who need to call and chat with us about, you know, which item is right for me based on my health concern. Um, mm. There are uh, 
uh, painting uh, companies or, or like home paint companies? What's the right color? How do I find the right color to match, you know, my design aesthetic and things like that? So there might be questions like that to make sure that sales is enabled to make that sale as, uh, as much as possible, um, get over the customer objections or hurdles or, or questions that need to be answered first. There are also, um, you know, products that are perhaps a, a car part or an order for a service that they're booking online, like a massage might be uh, basically a service that is, is ordered online, but it's not strictly e-commerce. Um, so scheduling appointments and um, paying in advance for services that you might go on site to receive, um, things like that are, are easily handled with, uh, with Smith AI, you know, and as long as we can take a credit card by phone and, you know, put an order in or put an appointment in, uh, all of that is very doable. The only thing that we won't do is if you need a, a custom quote or a special um, sort of uh, product that needs review or, or more management authority to sort of authorize, you know, we're not going to do anything that requires a, a high degree of discretion, um, just because that's often, you know, someone who's in the business who's making that decision. But Sure, sure. Yeah, no, those are, are great examples. Yeah. Now, it, you know, it seems like you've had quite the career, um, Silicon Valley, <laughs> the startup, all that, you know, are, are there any business books that you attribute to your journey as an entrepreneur over the years? Oh man. I mean, pretty much everyone uh, who I've worked with, I've learned something from, uh, I mean, most recently, Aaron and Justin, who are the co-founders of Smith AI, you know, I'm astounded daily by their leadership, by their candor, by their, their character, uh, just incredible, um, perseverance, not in the face of, of hardship, but in the face of really rapid growth. I think that that creates a lot of uh, pressure that they have handled so uh, and with such great poise and, and very clear headed direction uh, without, without being swayed too much by the winds of the market. You know, they have a, they have a really strong partnership. And I think that says a lot to me about um, when I see all these other companies starting, like it really has to be a very strong foundation because there will be challenges and you have to be unified, you know, uh, to confront them, uh, even if they are sort of these, you know, high class problems, like too much demand. Um, it's still a problem nonetheless. So I've been really impressed with how they have led the company and said yes to things and no to others very wisely. And, and it seems correctly based on how the company is doing. Um, so that uh, has been really formative for me. Early on, though, you know, growing up, um, my my mom uh, is an entrepreneur. She has her own uh, therapy business, and she actually has a chocolate blog. And I was impressed with all the free chocolate she was able to get for herself. Um, but professionally, you know, running for thirty plus years a, a therapy practice in Buffalo. My dad running a reformed Jewish temple in Buffalo. I saw a lot of entrepreneurship growing up, and uh, and the decisions that my parents each had to make day to day to say yes to things and no to others, how to prioritize and and how to always put your people first. Um, you know, they were really of a generous spirit, but they also had time for the family. And I think 
one of the things that that I've also witnessed, and I witnessed this at Food 52, uh, which had a wonderful work environment. Uh, I witnessed this at Your Mechanic, where we went through also rapid growth and uh, and challenges and um, another great work environment. It really comes down to being a, a good person to your clients and to your colleagues and uh, and putting the right people in the roles that you know are really a fit for them, understanding that a lot of people might not know what's a good fit for them or not. You know, so huh. hiring yeah, is no. probably one of the hardest things that that any leader will do. Um, and I've been really lucky to be uh, with leaders who have have shown me like what are some really fantastic hiring techniques that that will get you the right people to to grow most effectively. Those are some some great points, some great points you made. For Smith AI, what what makes your guys' perfect client? Is it <laughs> all over professional services, e-commerce, you specialize in one, not the other? What <clears throat> what what's the perfect client for you? It's so funny. So we I don't think there's a perfect client, but a great client is one who reaches out with um, questions or concerns or ideas um, and and wants to have a dialogue, right? Because even if you're not in-house, you still want to have a partnership, a relationship where you are um, getting that level of investment that is a long-term uh, relationship and just evocative of a, of a long-term relationship, indicative of a long-term relationship, I should say. And what I mean is like, it could be uh, a law firm, you know, which is actually the majority of our client base, but but it's expanding actually into new verticals every day. Uh, it could be a home services professional, which is another large area for us, let's say HVAC. Um, and it could be a uh, online e-commerce selling uh selling educational materials, right? Uh And and all of those, the unique thing that is a common thread that makes them a great client is, you know, that email or that call or that that dialogue that says like, hey, Smith AI, we're thinking about doing this, um, you know, with you. We want to do an outbound campaign uh, to to reach out to clients and see if they'll buy this new thing from us. Or we want to do, you know, uh, web chat. And can you help us, you know, sort of capture and qualify these leads so that we can book as many appointments with people who are willing to spend X amount of dollars for this product with us. And like that dialogue happening is what sort of separates a, a you know, okay or, or fine client uh, from a great happy client. And we find the more utilization with our services, the more you're on our virtual receptionist and our chat service combined and not just one or the other, the happier you are as a client, the more you feel like you can continue to keep that dialogue open. And the longer that you'll stay with us because you see on a regular basis um, without the burden of work on you, but with the dialogue being open to just effectively see proactive change and and positive change happen over the course of that working relationship, that's really what is remarkable. And if you're working with any contractor or service vendor and, you know, things are sort of ho-hum, see if 
you know, sort of increasing a little bit of dialogue and saying, how can we do this better together? These are areas where we see there being opportunity for improvement, you know, and if they jump to, as you'll find if you work with Smith AI, that's really where uh, that not just great perfect client, but perfect vendor relationship for the client's perspective also happens. So let's talk about Smith AI. How, what, how do you stand apart from your competition? What, what are you delivering they aren't? I think that high touch onboarding and, and client service, the foundation of the relationship is outstanding. Also, the integrations are the most robust out of any answering service, at, even in or above or around our class. Um, the level of complexity that we can handle from these 20 transfer lines for six different departments and these various instructions for scheduling and, and handling those calls um, to you know, where to, uh, to send the summaries and to integrate with Slack or Microsoft Teams or the various systems that our clients are using, all of that complexity with the attention to detail, the, um, the connection personally to our team members, I think that and the willingness to, to help and continue to look back and revise makes us far and away like a better than the competition. And like you can, you can, anyone can hire, you know, maybe more engineers or more designers and, you know, it's not going to be as good as, as a great designer, but you can throw money at those resources if you wanted to, but you can't create that culture of that helpful, generous spirit that Smith AI has, which is really what embodies a great receptionist at their core, right? If you think about the, your favorite like receptionist or front desk person who made an impression on you, like you should feel really well taken care of. And I think that we can execute on because we have the people and we have that brain power and that technology to deliver on those promises um, that the really great people we have working here uh, will communicate to you. So for listeners like, Sounds great. Sounds great. How can they get a hold of you or, or get more information about Smith AI? Well, uh, a variety of ways, as I'm sure you're not surprised to hear. Uh, so you can go on our website, you can call and, and chat and, and text us from there. The phone number is 650-727-6484. And our website is smith.ai. And you can email us also at hello at smith.ai. If you go to our site, you'll see that you can chat with us. You'll see that you can sign up instantly for an, uh, a sales consultation and onboarding uh, or just go right ahead and sign up for chat directly. That's actually sort of an instant sign up. Um, but we would love to really have a conversation with you first to understand your goals, and, and we don't want to rush through that process. So typically, even if you talk to someone on our sales team, which is maybe a 15, 30-minute call, um, it, you'll be up and running uh, within the same day if you have to, if you're in a, in a rush, but within a couple of days, you know, even uh, if you're not in a rush. So it's very fast. And we do have a special deal for your uh, listeners, Andy. So they'll get $100 off their first month of service um, with the code um, make each click count. 
And that's all sort of one word, make each click count. And uh, that will get $100 off the first month. And if you bundle services, so virtual receptionist and chat, you'll get an additional 5% off. Um, we do offer you know, longer term discounted packages for a 12 month term. If you love it and you wanna sign up for the next year, uh, you'll get 15% off. So that's pretty significant too. Well, that's great. Well, thank you, Maddie. Absolutely. Uh, And thanks for coming on today. Well, that is it for today. Remember, if you do like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave an honest review. If you're looking for more information regarding connecting with Maddie and Smith AI, as well as take advantage of that offer, I will put the link and information into the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business using Google paid ads, request to join the Make Each Click Count Facebook group. Been releasing some all new free live trainings and more will be happening very soon. Meantime, remember to stay safe, keep healthy and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. 